Hi, I'm Max. I'm an engineer and inventor. And, well, this thing here, which I'm still not going to turn on today, is the Bageltron 2000. It's my invention that gets me into trouble. It does that by opening up portals to other dimensions, which I've been traveling through for nearly three years now. Unfortunately, those travels have been put on a little bit of a pause lately on account of the leprechauns from another dimension who are gathering in increasing numbers outside my house, attempting to capture me and do who knows what to me. I have traveled to a couple of other dimensions since they started chasing me, but unfortunately, other Maxes ended up getting captured by the leprechauns and taken, and I don't want that on my conscience. So, my roommate Jack Strobe and I, who is here with me, Jack Strobe, hey, Max, did you fill the bathtub with curry powder? Yes, of course I did. I, I can't take a shower, man. Why did you fill the bathtub with curry powder? Well, it's sort of like the last resort, right? Like, what if the leprechauns get in, right? Well, then I'll just make my way to the bathroom, jump in, and like sink down into the curry powder. Did you see the straw there next yeah, to the and bathtub the and the sink? Yeah, you grab the straw, sink down into the curry powder, use the straw to breathe, and then the leprechauns can't get me. Well, I... We'll see. Uh, they they tried to break through last night. Did I tell you that while I was keeping watch? What? Yeah, no. they, they 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 all joined up and and they they got like a, a snowblower or something from somewhere and they were coming coming trying to like blow a path through and I opened a window and and threw fistfuls of curry powder out there at them and they eventually gave up. But uh, yeah, it was a close one. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Well, hmm. I don't think we're going to last right, well, much longer, man. Uh, all right. Well, fortunately, though, we have been receiving some DVDs from the Interdimensional Library. Kind of fortunate that they stock DVDs, the format that is playable here in this dimension, region free. I think we've been making progress, right? I think like I we've told been... you the Interdimensional Library has everything. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, unfortunately, though, without. Uh, being able to visit, we can't browse their entire catalog, but we have been taking a look at some of the content that details, you know, ways to, you know, throw off an attacker from your scent, you know, ways to, to lose somebody who is chasing you across dimensions. There was that one on Cloaking 101. I think maybe we could like just cloak the house and then move it to another location and they wouldn't be able to find us. We might not have the supplies, but if we can find them, it might be worth a try. Yeah. So I, I think we're making progress. I, we're bound. To, I, I feel like we're we're close. We're we're bound to find something soon. We but better. in the meantime, I mean, it is it is time for another podcast. Even though I can't travel to another dimension, you mentioned last week that you weren't fond of the books. So no so more we're, books. We're not doing book review podcasts. Line Don't worry about sand. it. But you said TV. So you may have noticed I was very insistent last night about us watching Lost. Oh yeah, the the first yeah, episode. So you you hadn't you hadn't seen it in your dimension. I heard about you've it. You've been to. I think I told you in in my dimension. I I heard tons about this show called Lost, and they, and they called it uh, a narrow mosaic. Have you heard of photo mosaics? Yes, of course, photo mosaics. Yes, all those yeah. tiny little pictures. That yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at the glint in someone's and make... eye, and you and you step closer, and you realize it's like a picture of a snowboarder on a mountain, and that was the glint in someone's eye. Well, a narrow mosaic is when. The ending of a story, of a long story arc, is so perfectly pulls together all the pieces from the earlier episodes that you realize that every single detail mattered. And the ending just pulls it all together in the most perfect, overarching narrative. The version I heard about 
was considered a masterpiece, and the ending makes everything worth it up to that point. However, I, I never saw it, but what I saw last night with you was a little different than what they, what they talked about in my dimension. So I think you got a different version of Lost. Really? That's how they describe Lost to you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's known for being the perfect ending. You know, it's like, it's like what people ending. compare things to. They're like, yeah, it's got an ending that's almost as good as Lost. And people are like, whoa. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we already know this dimension's not perfect. This dimension's far from perfect. Boy, I really just, I wish I could have been in the dimension with that version of Lost. But instead, I'm in the dimension with this version of Lost. So we're going to do a Lost recap podcast. That right. is... That's what we're going to do. This is the Lost Recap Podcast with Max and Jack. That sounds more my, more my speed than reading nonsense. And those fairy tales, they were dark, man. All right, sweet. Let's let's do this one. You know what? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to test something out. I'm going to put on a different podcasting voice for the for the Lost Recap Podcast. Okay. <clears throat> let's try this out. Welcome to the Lost Recap Podcast with Max and Jack Strobe. You're creeping me out, man. Today we'll be discussing Pilot, part one and part two. Your voice is so smooth, I can spread it on bread. All right, well, this is not the Max's voice podcast. This is the Lost Recap Podcast. Before we get started in this episode, let me tell you a little bit about the series Lost. It aired on ABC. It premiered in September of 2004 and aired for six seasons, a total of 121 episodes. Tells the story of a group of castaways who crash on a mysterious island and encounter all kinds of bizarre stuff and mysteries which unfold throughout the six seasons and continue unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and honestly just never really fold back up. It's just layer upon layer of mystery. So let's just get into it. All right, today we're going to be discussing the pilot, or it's called pilot anyway. It's pilot part one and pilot part two, the first two episodes of the show, which honestly right off the bat, I got to say, it's called pilot and in television, I don't know, Jack, if you're familiar, but typically a pilot episode of a show is an episode that you film before you know if the show is going to get picked up or not. Is that not what that was? I assumed that's what we were watching. I have a very hard time believing that they went to all the expense of bringing the wreckage of a plane to this beach and filming all of these expensive effects on location in Hawaii which is where this show was filmed. By the way, fun fact, Hawaii. I'm sure you already knew that if you're listening to a Lost Recap podcast, of course. But I don't think they went to all that expense to have that large of an acting staff and set up that much of the show, the whole plane wreckage scene, which was all actual physical plane wreckage, by the way, that they brought out there from California to Hawaii if this was a show that they didn't know if it was even going to get picked up for a full season. Highly unlikely. Calling this episode a pilot is just a joke. So let's get into this episode. High level recap. Here's what's going on. We open up with this shot of a character's eye. He's in some sort of bamboo forest. And there's a dog. Don't forget the dog. There's a dog. Like this weird dog just dog. suddenly there mysteriously and runs around. There is a dog. And the dog does come up later. We'll get to that. He runs out onto the beach. Boom. Plane wreck. It's madness. People screaming. Stuff and he is exploding. Saves four people's lives, I think. Right up right off the bat. It's just like That's right. superhero style going around and turns out he's a doctor and saves four people's lives. We establish very quickly that this character is our hero. He does save lives. He seems very cool-headed. Eventually, the madness, initial madness from the plane crash dies down, and we start to meet these various characters who are survivors of the wreck. Night falls. There's some weird, crazy noises coming from the jungle. Everybody's very concerned about it. 
as I would be too. It's it's very concerning noises girl. coming from the jungle. There is a hot girl. Yes, more than one. Let's let's be honest. There's more than one. Okay, yeah, more than one. But there's one that's extra hot. Noises in the jungle. Confused looks. Everybody's very concerned. But it's just noises and apparently some rustling trees. Maybe some wind blows on people's faces. Anyway, there's something weird going on in the jungle. We established that very early on. The next day, people are talking about what it was. Jack is working on saving various people's lives from injuries that were incurred in the plane crash. People I like were that his injured. name is Jack. I feel like that's my favorite part of, the, of this whole thing. Yeah, you know, I thought you would like that. That is part of the reason that I chose this show, actually. I'll admit. We're introduced to all the different characters. That is one thing about this show that is somewhat of a breakthrough, I would say, in television. Huge cast of characters. So many people. There's Jack. There's Kate. There's Charlie. There's Hurley. There's Sawyer. There's Saeed. Uh, there's Sun. There's Jin. There's Boone. There's uh, Boone's sister. What was her name again? Shannon. Uh, I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some other. Oh, John Locke. I don't think I mentioned him. There's so many characters in this show. And all of them are introduced in these scenes shortly after the chaos of the wreckage dies down. Oh, there's there's Michael and his son, Walt. And as we mentioned earlier, their dog. And that's just, just the first episode. These are the characters that we're meeting. So the day after the weird monster noises in the jungle, we've got a group of people, Jack and Kate and Charlie, and they decide they're going to head off in the jungle to try and find the cockpit. Because... What better place to go than the place that had the creepy, crazy noises the night before? At this point, I was like, how did the cockpit get so far from the plane? That really seems strange to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's just one of the many mysterious questions that has opened up in this show and never really answered to any real satisfaction. But yes, for some reason, the cockpit, the front part of the plane, has separated and is quite a ways away from the beach. Actually, speaking of that, I don't understand how Jack landed in the middle of this bamboo forest so far away from the wreckage where everybody else was. That doesn't make sense either. Who knows? Anyway, this crew of three sets off. They find the cockpit, the nose of the plane. Turns out the pilot's alive, which, by the way, you know, I thought maybe they called this episode the pilot because it was about the pilot. But no, he's in it for like five minutes and then he immediately gets killed by the monster, presumably the same monster that was making noise in the jungle the night before. Really bizarrely killed, too. Like it reaches into the cockpit or pulls him out of the cockpit or something. And then later they find him in the trees, like all bloody. That's right. Yes. Uh, so the trio... The main reason they were going to the cockpit was to try and find the transponder so that they can send a message, radio for help. They get there. Before the pilot dies, he tells them they were way off course and that their radios had died. And so no one's going to be looking for them in the right spot. And their only hope is this transceiver radio that they are trying to find. They get the transceiver radio. The pilot gets yanked away by the monster. Then they have a scene where they're apparently being chased by the monster, except the monster doesn't get any of them. And then afterwards, they reunite. They see the pilot in the tree. They go back to the beach. And around that time, that's the end of part one of the pilot. In part two of the pilot, we see an agitated fist fight between two of our many main characters, Sawyer and Saeed. Saeed is of Middle Eastern descent and Sawyer thinks he's a terrorist or something. There's some sort of altercation there involving like each of them not trusting the other one. And the information about the radio gets brought up. Also, the little boy discovers handcuffs, and that's something to do with the fight. But then Saeed is able to fix the radio and get it working, but they can't get a signal. So then a much larger crew than the three that went into the jungle to find the radio, a much larger crew decides to go up onto the mountain where they can get high ground and try to send a signal with this radio that they find. So they go up to the mountain, and on their way up there, they get attacked by a polar bear for some reason. Fortunately, Sawyer, who is one of the crew and what is in a this polar bear trek, doing? 
in the jungle. It's another mystery. You know, that one they actually do sort of kind of explain later on in the show. Not in this episode, but much later in the show, we do sort of get an explanation for the polar bear. I feel like that's one of the few mysteries that is somewhat satisfactorily resolved. But anyways, Sawyer pulls out a gun, which nobody knew that he had, shoots a polar bear dead, saves them all. There's some discussion about how he got the gun. He says he found it on a guy's body who was dead. They can continue up the mountain. Air marshal. And yes, it was an air marshal. Well, actually, no, it wasn't an air marshal. It was a federal marshal. And we do find out. So one of the things that I've been leaving out is there are a few flashbacks in these first couple episodes. In one of the flashbacks we see, that's right. In one of the flashbacks, we see Jack just talking to the flight attendant and getting the extra alcohol, which he then later uses as an antiseptic. Then in another flashback in the second part, we see Charlie uh, storing some drugs in the bathroom of the plane, or at least dropping some drugs right before the plane goes down. In another flashback, we see Kate is actually a prisoner of a marshal and that she was in cuffs. And so the handcuffs that the little boy found earlier were actually Kate's handcuffs. And that we also learned that one of the people that Jack is trying to save right at the end of this episode, we learn that that's actually the U.S. Marshal that was transporting Kate as a prisoner. And so that's the guy that Sawyer stole the gun off of. At the end of the episode, they make their way up to the top of the mountain, or maybe not the top, but a very high point in the mountain. They try to send a signal with the radio, but it turns out there's another broadcast. Yet another mystery. I don't know, what are we up to? Like six, seven, eight mysteries now in the very first episode? There's a mysterious broadcast they can't transmit because this thing is already transmitting. So they tune in and they listen to this transmission, and it's a lady speaking in French, talking about how she's the only one left and all the others have been killed by something. It's kind of implied maybe it's this mysterious monster that killed the pilot and was making noise in the jungle, but we don't know. It's, it could be something else. And they do some calculations based on the, the count that's being spoken at the beginning of each time this message repeats, and they calculate that the message has been repeating for over 16 years, and presumably this lady was stranded 16 years ago and was never rescued. And that's it. The episode ends with Charlie looking at everybody else and everybody standing around looking all confused, and Charlie says, guys, where are we? I gotta say, that's one of the lines that I still remembered. It's been a long time since I watched this show the first time, and it's a very sort of classic line. People would always say that they could just never imagine how all of these different mysteries could be solved until the ending just brought it together so beautifully. Ah, ah, God, I wish, I wish that was this version of the show. It is not. Okay, look, of the mysteries that are brought up in this first episode. Okay, let's, ah, okay, no, I'm getting out, I'm getting out of character. I'm trying to do the new voice. For the Lost Recap Podcast. Okay. There's the butter. Deep, deep breaths, deep breaths. This is the Lost Recap Podcast. And this is the voice for the Lost Recap Podcast. Okay. Let's talk about the mysteries that are introduced in this two-part pilot episode. We've got the mysterious noise from the jungle. It sounds really mechanical, if we're going to be honest. It sounds like yeah. there's a, just a construction crew doing night construction or something. That's what I got out of it. Me too. Spoiler alert. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen all of Lost, let's just tell you right now, in case you haven't figured it out, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. Spoiler alert. The noise is apparently something called a smoke monster, which is apparently a guy who is some sort of ancient god type character who can turn into a smoke monster and what is his motivation for making noise in the jungle at night and for snatching the pilot and leaving him in a tree or or doing any of these things i don't know I don't know. Can you really delve the motives of any godlike being? Apparently not, because while the the mystery of what is the noise is sort of kind of resolved, you could say, it's certainly not explained why the monster is doing any of these things. 
Anyway, that's one of the mysteries. The other, I mean, the mystery, as you mentioned, of why did the plane somehow end up in so many different parts all over the place? I, that is, I don't think I've ever seen any plane crash where the plane f- breaks into such huge chunks and, and flies apart like that. That is not, well, I don't and think even that's if how it planes did break work. apart into and disparate pieces all over the place, nobody would survive. Exactly. Yes. How did so many people survive this plane crash? Because that plane was in really bad shape. Even the, the large section of the middle that landed on the beach, so many people pieces all over the place. And yet, what did he say? At one point, I think Jack actually counted that at least 48 people had survived. 48, four dozen people. That is that, a lot of survivors. That's how many survivors. survive, you know, if, the, if a pilot lays it down nice and gentle, you'd still have some people die, probably. Absolutely. 40,000 feet, he said they were flying at, and they apparently free-falled as the plane tore itself apart for some reason. It, it, it makes no sense. I, how that many survived is a total mystery. And yet, and yet later in the show, it's implied that each of these people was apparently somehow intentionally brought to the island by some sort of mysterious force that decided the best way to bring them there was a violent plane crash that could very well have killed them. It, okay, podcast voice. Let's focus other mysteries how was the airplane engine still running on the beach that's a good question as well i did not appear to be connected to the fuel source and yet it continues to run for quite a long time until uh, some unnamed character gets very sadly sucked into it and the whole thing explodes that's a mechanical mystery for sure never get an answer to that one what are the okay so again we introduces at the very end of part two we've got the mystery of the transmission we've got the mystery of the polar bear uh the polar bear one again is somewhat satisfactorily explained later in some far past history of the island where we learned that there was a different group who somehow colonized the island with these research stations and was doing some sort of research with animals where they presumably brought the polar bear there that okay fine that one is is somewhat resolved the mysterious transmission is also somewhat resolved we do later on meet the source of the transmission it turns out she's still on the island 16 years later and still surviving somehow despite all of the terrible hazards of this island including the mysterious beast that has mysterious motives for killing people but but okay i'll give it that the transmission is in fact resolved that mostly covers the mysteries i think i also want to talk a little bit about i will say some positive things about the show there was some very interesting foreshadowing that upon rewatching it now, having seen the whole thing, I will say the scene in which John Locke is describing backgammon to the little boy, Walt. He has a line where he says something to the effect of, there's two players, two sides. One is light, one is dark. And he's holding up the little black and the white pieces. And that's a long foreshadow to the two brother godlike characters who apparently run the island. Ah. And... Again, one of, one of whom was the force that somehow brought all these people here. And he's apparently the good guy. He has blonde hair, kind of like the light. And then the other guy has dark hair. He's like the black. He is also the smoke monster. And it's never really fully explained where did they come from or what exactly is their motivation. But I thought that the foreshadowing was at least kind of cool. And having seen that now, I will give some positive points to the pilot for that. Absolutely. What stood out to you the most in the pilot episode, Jack? I kept thinking Jack, who of course I identified with a little bit because he shared my name. I thought, this guy, he's going around saving people's lives. He's really setting himself up so that when things go south later, that you know he, he will be considered a valuable member of their community. But I was expecting it to be like, you know, everybody turns to their basest instincts and starts eating each other eventually. And I'm thinking... 
you want to be the doctor, right? You want to be somebody yeah. valuable when things go really bad. Yeah, that's a good take. It certainly seems like realistically things could go south very quickly. On that note, I will say the character of Shannon definitely is being set up as almost the exact opposite ha. of Jack. Yes, at least she's attractive. Literally sunbathing, doing nothing. Some themes that I noticed right off the bat in the first episode. Lots of pensive staring. Yes. That becomes a theme throughout the show. I mean, they could have called the show Pensive Staring. And flashbacks. Pensive Staring and flashbacks, yes. You know, actually, I will say that the pilot episode was pretty light on flashbacks. You know, if you're not a fan of flashbacks, I'm not sure how much you're going to enjoy the rest of the show, Jack, because strap in. They could have called the show Flashbacks. Yeah, Pensive Staring and flashbacks. That's also The Handmaid's Tale. Big fan of that one, are you? No. I do like some of the lessons in it, but I just could not get through the pensive staring and flashbacks. I see. Yeah, well, there is a lot of that at this show. I think maybe The Handmaid's Tale stole a page out of the Book of Lost for that one. There is a very heavy amount of music in the show, and I will say, actually, that's one thing that I have no complaints about. Throughout the whole entire show, the score, amazing. A-plus work. Yeah, it was pretty good. If I could stream the show and make sure that all the revenue from my streaming of the show went only to the composers and not to any of the writers of the show, I would do that. Okay, I'm. you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm hate-watching it. Okay, I'm hate-watching Lost. Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. You know what? I think maybe that's going to be the name of this podcast. Hate Watching Lost with Max and Jack Strobe. What do you think of the director? Isn't it J.J. Uh, Abrams? You know, I've got mixed feelings about him. You know, yeah. He, uh, he really started off Lost strong. And then apparently he just handed it off to some other bozos who took it in who knows what direction. I, I mean, if he had stayed through it the whole time, maybe it would have turned out better. But but considering that he wasn't willing to see it through, thumbs down. I'm going to give him a thumbs up for the exact same reason that he wasn't willing to see it through. I respect that. you like a quitter, huh? Oh, yeah. Happiest moments of my life came from quitting things. Speaking of quitting, one thing that is a recurring theme in this show but hasn't started off just yet in the pilot, they cut characters without any hesitation. The writers are slightly tired of somebody. Boom, they're dead. They're shot. They're kidnapped. They're exploded by dynamite. They're out of here. There's a lot main character death in this show, which was pretty startling the first time I watched it. Wow. Well, they've got a, quite a few to work with. You know, that's a good point. That's probably why they started off with so many main characters. That should have been a tip-off, you know, right from the beginning. When the pilot episode introduces like a dozen different characters, we should know. There's no possible way that the audience is going to be able to keep track of that many main characters. I mean, the most that most people can take is like six, right? Like friends. Uh, what about Game of Thrones? Come on, man. Are you going to tell me that they're not killing off lots of characters in that show? Well, sure, but you have to keep track of even more characters. Yeah, well, in that show, they've got a few different motivations for keeping track of characters or, or at least for continuing to watch the show. Motivations like dragons and skin of course what else is there man yeah by the way when did when did the dragons and the skin start in lost never never we don't get either of those things just more and more mysteries wait wait why are we watching it for then i told you i'm hate watching it oh man I, mm, uh, i'm hate watching lost it's cathartic okay all right you know what i just i can't i can't okay i may keep hate watching lost all right i may be able to, to continue doing that but i don't think i think the lost rewatch the Lost Recap Podcast, Hate Watching Lost, is not going to work for me. I just, I can't control myself. I can't keep up the podcast voice 
and it just overwhelms me. Okay, the island, it moves, and then they go back in time, and then there's like some sort of weird temple that suddenly appears like super late in the show with like healing waters, and then there's a tunnel, a cave with the plug, and they pull the plug. It just, none of it makes sense, and I know they weren't in purgatory the whole time, okay, right? Like everyone knows that if you pay any attention, but the whole last season where they suddenly change it up and where it's not flashbacks anymore, now it's suddenly flashing to purgatory, and then this whole weird scene. Oh, okay. I can't do a whole podcast of this. I just can't. I got to travel to more dimensions, man. We got to do the dimensional thing. We got to solve this leprechaun problem. We got to do something about these leprechauns. I mean, you're really just <sighs> stalling is what you're doing, Max. You're stalling okay, yes, dealing uh, with the leprechaun problem. You're right. You're right. Okay. We're not going to watch any more Lost. Well, we should get the one from my dimension. Yes. Sounds yes. like you'd love okay, it. Once we've solved this leprechaun thing, let's see if the interdimensional library has that version of Lost for us to watch. That would be one to watch. Maybe I can do a podcast on that. Keep the voice. For now, let's put away the other TV shows. Let's get back to our research from the library. I think we're close. We're going to come up with a solution to this leprechaun problem and be able to move on and start visiting other dimensions again. Yeah, I don't think your listeners can take much more of this, man. We've got to get rid of these leprechauns. Listeners, man, neither can I, okay? Ah, okay. All right, I'm okay. Deep breaths. Let's go back to those DVDs from the Interdimensional Library. All right. Hopefully by next week, we'll have it figured out. Dispatches from the Multiverse is produced by Tim Ellis, starring J.R. Willett as Jack Mosaic Strobe and Tim Ellis as Max. Theme music by Alpha Geek, logo by Abe Schmidt. Want to hear how Max really feels about Lost? Well, you just did. But you can get lots of exclusive bonus content, like raw, unfiltered episodes, peeks behind the scenes, and extended editions of the show by supporting us on Patreon. And please, 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 we're begging you, follow us on Twitter at DispatchesFM, and visit us online at Dispatches.FM. Patreon people are really getting what they paid for. <laughs> yes, absolutely they are. Okay. They're like, man, I'm so glad I paid this extra money.